Greetings and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is episode 108, day 52 here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the sensual Tommy Gibbons. Hi, bitches. I think you're wrong. I think 108 was last week. No, 107 was last week. Okay, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> I, I, know I, I check these things. I know I don't know. I check me. these things. I, okay. And I, how are you today, Thomas? So, I pick a book out of my bookshelf. It's Ashes to Ashes. Okay. Which I'm, is a play okay, yeah. by Harold Pinter. Yes. Who I hate. <laughs> okay. I why. So, I, I pick up this play and I, and I look at it as a two-hander. Yes. So I figure, all right, let me read this fucking play. It's a two-handed. It's uh, uh, let me let me let me see what let me see what the fuck this is. It's how uh, there's got to be something to this guy, right? So I'm reading the book and I'm like, the fuck is going on? It's two people in a room. Okay, she's seated. Okay, what is going on? What the fuck are they talking? I'm I'm ten pages in. I'm sixteen pages in. Page twenty-three. I flip and the mix. Zero sense. The connection between the pages makes zero sense. Okay. All of this to say that the book did not have any of the of the um, positive, not positive, even. None of the even pages were in the book. <laughs> what? None of them. So when the layout was, it, when you turn the page, when you turn the page, there was just the page of text next in front of you. So you just read that, and I thought, well, so you this is read half the this play. is weird. No, because I stopped. This is weird. <laughs> And then, it's just a weird layout. But okay, every page is on the page. All right, whatever. I've seen layouts in books. Not a single even page was in the book. And I didn't know. Oh, that's sad. Which proves to me, my opinion about Pinter <laughs> holds. He's still one of my favorite playwrights. I don't, I, I, yeah. And I, I know why. Because you could take out half of it. And and not know just like, this is fucked up. This is weird. What the fuck is going on? What are they talking about? Yeah, no, even I'll never forget your reaction to when I was in a production of his uh, first play, the birthday party. Oh, that was that thing and, over at the school. Yes, around the back. And your reaction was, "What the fuck was that play about?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was? Yeah. So yeah, um, I've been waiting to tell you that. Well, thank you for Cause, sharing cause, that because that's fun. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just to ashes. I know half of it. Good. I can't wait to read the other half. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> so what? What are you? What are you doing? What's what, What's up with you? What's up with me? Nothing. Just been uh, busy with the theater and working. We saw uh, the East Line Theater's production of A Diary of Anne Frank this weekend. Thank you for answering my question. I've been asking since they announced that they were doing it, and nobody has answered me or been able to answer me until you. What was the question? Which version were they doing? Oh, the 2007 version. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Yes. I, I even they posted it, and I even asked on a on a post on a public post, "What version are you doing?" Uh, but thank you, you answered that for me today. Oh, you're quite welcome. All right, good. But it was an re- excellent production. Really was very okay. powerful. Good. Yeah, really was. All right, three good shows all on Wellwood Avenue down there. In yeah, Avenue. exactly. There's also three pizzerias, two Chinese places. <laughs> You know them all, right? Oh, man. Well, anyway, we have two things to cover before we go into our usual segments. Okay. First, we have a correction from last week. Okay. When we were talking about the feud, uh, Truman Capote okay. versus the Swans. Yeah, yeah. And the one episode where they had that fictional documentary yes. by the Maisel Brothers. Yes, yes, yes. 
and I said that there was no such documentary. Well, I did further research. I found out that in 1966, the Maisel Brothers did release a documentary called A Visit with Truman Capote. Okay. But it was nothing like what we saw in the feud episode. Okay. It was basically all of him, most mostly of him talking, going to various places. So they took the, the idea of the documentary and made it about the ball instead of... Exactly. Uh, ...focus on him. Yep. I have a clarification from last week, too, uh, that, oh, I, what's that? that I could do. About the, about the not being able to give out prizes of cash... In England? Yes. On television? Yes. BBC. Oh, the BBC does not allow giving out prizes. You can't give out cash prizes on BBC. Wow. wonder why that is. Because BBC is a public company, and it's unseemly to give prizes of public money. Okay, I can understand that. Yeah. I can understand that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that makes sense. It that makes absolute makes sense. sense. So, uh, and it's weird that I remembered it, but it was because it's like, oh, duh, of course. The problem is, well, I don't know if it's a problem or not, but I don't know how much, this guy, the BBC used to be the television. Yeah. In, like, yeah, Great Britain. Yeah, there was like, that was yeah, it. BBC One, BBC Two. Two, yeah, I think there's four of them. So, they, it, it's got, it must be that there are more television providers in Great Britain now yeah but it's still so. it's still the bbc is a big powerful company with a global and inter- international fucking reputation but yeah they don't let you give out cash prizes good to know yeah go ahead what's what was your second point my second thing was about a local event that happened here in farmingdale it seems that the farmingdale school district which covers schools in the village of farmingdale as well as in south farmingdale Okay. They are now hiring armed guards to be stationed outside of the schools. Okay. I don't like that idea. Oh. But supposedly everyone else does. Supposedly they had a whole study on this and that students and staff and parents were all in favor of this, of stationing armed guards outside the schools. According to what's been put out, they're only going to be allowed in schools if there is an active shooter situation. So what do they do? Do they just stand and lean against the front door? Or do they sit in their they're car? Not, do they, they march around the building? How they're being stationed or anything like that? They're never revealing that kind of information. All right. It just bugs me for a number of reasons that we've we've gotten to this level. Number one, as far as I know, there haven't been any mass school shootings on Long Island, right? No. No. Number two, my taxes have now got to pay for these armed guards which yep. I'm not too happy about. Okay. Number three, why don't we station the fire trucks outside the schools in case of a fire? Okay. You know, if we're going to take this to its logical limit of anticipating dire situation. Well, you're talking about logical. You just mentioned the logical, but you're talking about an emotional situation. You can't apply logic to this situation. Obviously not. Obviously not. But to me, it just it's just another part of this whole culture of fear. It that is. we are now breeding in the kids. Yeah. And it's... I, I just can't believe that's what we're coming to now. It'll get worse. That's what I'm afraid of. That's exactly what I'm afraid of. It'll get worse. I mean... And, and I found out, you know, Farmingdale isn't the only one that did this. The South Huntington School District added guards in uh, January of last year. Uh, the Smithtown School District added armed guards in February of last year. So this is not new to Long Island. Tell me about places like Hempstead, Wine Dash. Uh, East Islip. Yeah, I'm sure those school districts can't afford I was, to hire armed guards. Do they guards. have armed guards outside their schools? Do they or don't they? I'm asking. I, I don't, don't know. know. I have no idea. Not that I'm aware of. I, I Actually, I, I got to say, I'm not surprised by this. 
it's disgusting, but I'm not yeah. surprised by it. It's just, like I said, I'm just so overwhelmingly it, disappointed. That it's a shame. This it's, is it's, the road we're going down. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, the guns are more important than the kids. But let's make a show of putting the guns between the kids and danger. Yeah. I, yeah, I just... I just, uh, I, I can't, I can't. Oy, so I guess we'll move on to our first segment then. Well, we've said about all we can say. About I, the- I know, you know? I, I don't know what else to say. It's, it's, just, it's, it's exasperating. It's exasperating. Yeah, thank you. You owe me a drink. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. We'll move on to our first segment. Bring on the lesbians. Oh, I bet you are, honey. It's so close. <laughs> Welcome to Heavy Petting. And this week in Heavy Petting, uh, as you know, they've announced the Oscars, the Oscar nominations. Did they? Did they or haven't or haven't they yet? I, I thought they did. I don't know. I think they did. Yes, they did. Because remember, there was the whole brouhaha that What's-Her-Name wasn't nominated for Barbie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, there are some people who think that a blue-eyed border collie should get some kind of Oscar recognition. Okay, I'm all about it. It's about a dog named... What's his name? Named Messi is the dog's name. Okay. And it was in this French film called Anatomy of a Fall, which is nominated for Best Picture. Okay. And I actually watched the performance. At one point, the dog has to pretend it's been poisoned and laid down. And, oh, the expression on this dog's face. Uh-huh. And already this dog at the Cannes Film Festival, they gave this dog, it's an annual award they give every year called the Palm Dog. Okay. An imitation of the Palm Dior. Dior. Yeah. So, and, which consists of a, it's a leather dog collar that they give to the dog. That's adorable. So they gave it to this dog for this okay. film. Which I thought was pretty cool. That's that's cool, right? Dogs. Maybe maybe the Oscars should do a category for best animal or best dog performances. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can think of the dog from the mask, the Jim Carrey film. In that, that dog was fantastic. All the different stunts and tricks he had to do. What were all the animals in um, the Catherine Hepburn? Just uh, oh, bringing up baby. Was that the one with the with the monkey? Yeah, it was the leopard. The leopard, yeah. right, right, right. She kept, she kept all these wild animals, yes. exotic animals. Yeah, that's fun. That's the, uh, my hesitation is it's not. It's a, it, what it is is it's it's an award for the trainer and the handler yeah. and the director, right? Because the dog has no innate talent no, except for following but it's nice the man. The animal, some kind of recognition. It's an ab- it's an absolute. First of all, the I mean, ad- imagine not the star of Old Yeller. Getting some kind of Oscar recognition would yeah would mean nothing to the dog itself. Of because course not. There's no memory of that occurrence. No. no and 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 a, a, a good milk bone after the end of the day is all the reward <laughs> that the dog wants. Did it get to spend the time with you? Are you happy with the dog? That makes the dog happy. So the dog has no memory, so it can't be insulted if the award doesn't. I understand what you're saying though. It yes. would be nice, but it's a, one of those warm, cuddly moments of that course. you would insert just so. So, uh, well, I think the Oscars use some warm, cuddly moments. It depends on who's in the in memoriam yeah, section. Yeah, so they usually 
cut anyway. Some are um, some are more festive Those are than others. So badly now. Yeah. Well, what do they do? They show clips. They show a slide of the person. Yeah. They, they, what happens underneath it? Is it a song? Someone performing a song. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I know. Uh, I'd rather see a clip of them from a movie. I haven't just, seen. I, I haven't seen any of you. But not all solo. of them were performers either. You know. Yeah. They honor producers, directors. Yeah. 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 The makeup guy everybody loved. Yeah. So that's a story on that. We're not moving on to our dictionary of dogs yet. I fear we talk about another type of dog. All right, go ahead. Psychiatric service dogs. See, this is a hot topic issue. Yes, it is. These are service dogs that have been trained to perform specific tasks for people who are struggling with various types of mental illness. And what the dogs do is they can do such tasks as remind a person about their medication, clear a room for the handler... And also apply deep pressure therapy, which I thought was really cool. They're different, though, from emotional support dogs in that there's a lot more training involved. Uh, There's more specific training for the psychiatric service dogs. And plus, they can go places where the emotional support dogs can necessarily go. And getting an animal designated as an emotional support animal is pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. That is. It doesn't really need, it just needs you to swear that you need the dog. Yeah, but a psychiatric service dog is a whole different story. I've seen them. You see the girl leaning back against the wall, her hair all covered, she's rolling it up, and she's rocking back and forth, and the dog comes and starts jumping around her and pushes her hair back. She pushes the dog away. The dog comes back and pushes her hair, and and she pushes the dog away. But the dog is straightening her body out. Yeah. Like pushing and and so she's now she's got her back against the wall, and the dog comes and is and is. Cushion, 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 you know, uh, and she pushes the dog away. And finally she calms down and the dog comes and sits on her lap. And then you're like, you know what? And no other animal in the world, including a human, going to work that hard to make that girl feel better. Right. That was, it was an amazing thing. I'm sure was, that must be amazing to watch. Yeah, it was It was pretty cool. I, it was some video. Walked past me something. I yeah. yeah. I never knew they had anything like this. I mean, emotional support dogs. Oh, yeah. I never knew about psychiatric service dogs. Yeah, they, they well, they could smell shit. Like, they smell when you... They smell when your chemistry is off, when your oh, physical chemistry sure. is off. I think all dogs can do that to an extent. And, well, they can, but yeah. it's just that they're not taught what the scent means. Yeah. They smell it, and they're oblivious up to its meaning, if any. It's just a thing. But when they're trained to identify this smell, then then that's when they go do things like remind you to take your pills, you know. Something, something about them with epileptics, too. I don't remember what it was. <coughs> really? Epileptic isn't an emotional thing though, so it's not like, no. it's off topic. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, but they're uh, they're they're pretty cool. Them yeah, dogs. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I like them. So on that note, without further ado, we're gonna move on to our very next segment. Happy birthday. Many happy returns. A very happy birthday. Yes, time for today's birthdays. And we only have one birthday today. Really? And it's a big one, and it's in honor of Black History Month. Okay. Dead or, <laughs> dead or alive? She's dead. Okay, good. She was born February 21st, 1933, the sixth of eight children in a poor family in North Carolina. Her name was Eunice Kathleen Wayman. She uh, aspired to be a concert pianist. And with the help of a few supporters in her hometown, she enrolled at Ju- the Juilliard School of Music in New York City. She then applied for a scholarship to study at the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia, where she had to audition, but despite the rave she got through the audition, she was denied admission, which she attributed to racism. She was black. 
Yep. So to make a living, she started playing piano at a nightclub in Atlantic City, and she changed her name to disguise herself from family members, since she was now playing the devil's music. And what year is this? This was uh, in the probably in the 1940s now, 1950s. Okay. She was told in the nightclub she had to sing to her own accompaniment, uh, so then she began singing. She became known as a jazz vocalist. She recorded 40 albums between 1958 and 1974. Her first hit single in the United States was 1958 with I Loves You Porgy. I Loves You Porgy. But in... Don't uh, let him take me. On her uh, on her 1964 album in concert, she uh, addressed racial inequality in the United States in this particular song. Let's see if you know this song. Mississippi Goddamn is our last tune. Mississippi Goddamn. Alabama's got me so upset. Tennessee made me lose my rest. Everybody knows about Mississippi, goddamn. Alabama's got me so upset. Tennessee made me lose my rest. Everybody knows about Mississippi, goddamn. I assume you know who it is. I have no idea who it is. You don't know? No. Really? Wow, I'll keep telling you more about her then. She said that the, the song actually hurt her career, that she lost opportunities because of it. But she did have other hit songs. She later had a hit in 1965 with this song. Put a spell on you. Put a spell on you. like a couple of different people. Still haven't figured it out yet, huh? No. No, I had no clues to it. Today was her birthday. Well, anyway, in 1970, she left the United States flying to Barbados. And supposedly she left her wedding ring behind, so her husband assumed that she, she wanted a separation. All right. But when she returned to the United States... She learned there had been a warrant issued for her arrest for unpaid taxes. Okay. Supposedly unpaid as a protest against the country's involvement in the Vietnam War. Okay. So she fled back to Barbados to avoid the authorities and prosecution. She then later lived in Liberia. Okay. Now, her daughter was living with her father, but supposedly he was abusive. So then she went to live with her in Liberia, and supposedly she was physically and mentally abusive. She, she went back to the father. Okay. But this woman, she never went back to the United States. She lived in London, Switzerland, the Netherlands, and finally in France. And she suffered from breast cancer for several years before she died in her sleep in her home in southern France on April 21st of 2003. Okay. Josephine Baker. No. No. It didn't sound like her, and it's not the kind of music Josephine sang, but... I'll play another song. Just tell me who the bitch is. I'm going to explain another song for you. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. It's not Etta James. And it's not Nina Simone. Yes, it is. It's Nina Simone. It's Nina Simone. It's a new day. 
and I'm feeling it's a new life for me yeah it's a new dawn it's a new day it's a new <laughs> life for me Okay. Nina Simone. I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Okay, I'm surprised. You would have known that one Actually, right to tell away. you the truth, I am surprised too. I'm a fan of Nina Simone. I know you I, are. I'm so surprised sense. you I didn't, didn't know that song. Oh my God. Shame on you. You know what? We had a, You were playing a song earlier, and I said, is that Nina Simone? And you said, no. No. And that's why I was looking at it. I was like, does he know what's her birthday? So no, no. No, but you said it wasn't Nina Simone. And you mean no? The song that you mentioned earlier was not Nina Simone. Right. So I had said Nina Simone, and you said no. It's what's her name? Yes. So I thought the song that you was you were trying to get me to say what's her name's name, and I stayed away from Nina Simone <laughs> because I had brought it up. Silly this is this is why dogs live moment to moment so that they can't use the past to fuck up what's going to happen <laughs> in the next ten minutes. My gut said I knew who it was. Oh my God! Well, to Nina Simone, we say Happy birthday, girl! Happy birthday, Happy birthday Nina! And I'm feeling good. <laughs> I love it. I love the whole energy of that. She was great. Move on. I'm gonna move on to our next segment. <laughs> said to you before hold on i even said to you before about strange fruit right and you said oh nina simone i know that's not nina simone that version i was playing was not nina simone but it wasn't strange fruit either then why are you bringing it up because we had talked about nina simone and i think i think you i i think you uh okay never mind today i'm bringing out your dead we only have one dead person Thank God somebody died for the past three weeks. Nobody's dead. Well, I know, but this one was a big one. Who? He was born uh, June 4th, 1976. Oh, my God, young. He was a uh, Russian opposition leader. Oh, Mulvaney. corruption activist. His name was Alexei Navalny. Navalny. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is bad. This is yeah, well, what happened to him was really bad. He organized anti-government dem- demonstrations, and he ran for office to advocate for reforms against corruption in Russia, and specifically against Vladimir Putin and his government. Yeah. He received a suspended f- sentence for embezzlement in 2013. They were considered politically motivated cases and, te- and intended to bar him from running in future elections. Yeah, yeah. He ran the 2013 Moscow mayoral election and came in second place, but was then barred from running in the 2018 presidential election. In August of 2020, he was hospitalized after being poisoned with a nerve agent. Yeah. That was big news on that, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's what they did here. He, uh, of course, accused Putin of being responsible for the poisoning, and an investigation implicated agents from the Russian Federal Security Service. Nobody else poisons. Nope. And it's such a, it's, and I don't, mm. here's the thing. To me, poisoning is a very female 
thing to do. It's done at a distance. Nobody gets their hands dirty. Right. It's it can be secret. It can be hidden. There's just, there's a, an innate sense. So it's something that where whereas back in the day a woman couldn't take a sword and hack a man to death, so she would have to poison. And it seems to me like this big old he man of a man in the world is going around poisoning people like a little bitch. Well, because he was a he worked in the spy agency. And that's what spies do. They do things surreptitiously. Uh, but he is the leader of the state. I mean, it's no surprise. People fall out of windows. Yeah, well, we're going to tell you more about him later. But back to Alexei Navalny. In uh, January of 2021, he returned to Russia and was immediately detained on accusations of violating parole conditions while he was hospitalized. In February of 2021, his suspended sentence was replaced with a prison sentence of over two and a half years. And his organizations that he was uh, that he was uh, headed that he headed were designated as extremists and liquidated. In 2022 of March, he was sentenced to an additional nine years after being found guilty of embezzlement and contempt of court. He was then transferred to a high security prison. Then, in August of 2023, he was a, he was sentenced to an additional 19 years in prison on extremism charges. Then in December 2023, he went missing from prison for almost three weeks, and he emerged in an Arctic Circle penal colony. Mm -hmm. But then, on February 16th of this year, the Russian Federal Penitentiary Service announced that Navalny had died at the prison in western Siberia after taking a walk and feeling unwell that morning. <laughs> Prior to his death, Navalny had been treated at a hospital after complaining of malnourishment and other ailments due to mistreatment in the prison. He is survived by his wife, now widow, and two children. Navalny. Yep. And if you want to know a little more about him, there's a, actually a documentary film made in 2022 called Navalny, which he took part in, which covered events related to his poisoning. And it won the best uh, best documentary Oscar in 2023. This is the kind of guy that ha a third of America admires. Mm -hmm. Putin. Sadly so, yeah. But he's an animal. He's he's uh he's the, the very worst of what leadership can do to you. Him, Kim Jong Il. Of course. Kim Jong Yan, Kim Jong Il. One of the Kims. They're dictators. All the Tims. You know, the they're authoritarians. Yeah, yeah, and he loves them. The country, half the country, half of this country loves them. Not half a third. Well, look, I'd say a good third. Yeah, you know, one particular, one particular party. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, we talked about this last week about I know. the whole uh, do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, shameful, right? So, to let's say Navalny, rest in peace. Yeah, thank you for all that you did. We know what happened, girl. We know it. Right? We know. We're not going to do anything about it. Well, I, But no, we know. I know. I'm just afraid now the same thing's going to happen to his wife, because she said now she's going to yeah. take his place. She's basically. going to take his place. And that's what she... That's what... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he'll go after whoever. Yeah. don't matter. He has no, uh, no shame, no guilt, no fear, no... Please. We now move on to our next segment. In history, and today in history, on February twenty first, eighteen forty eight. Oh dear! This pamphlet, written by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels, was published in London. I know what this is. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> it's probably best known by the closing lines of it, which are 
Workers of the world, unite. You have nothing to lose but your chains. Okay, I don't know it. Oh, the, the hold on. Marxist, the, the, the um, Carl, uh, what is it? Karl Marx and Frederick Engels wrote it. Wrote. Karl Marx and Engels. Published in 1848, today. L- Little House on the Prairie? <laughs> yes, because in Little House on the Prairie, they declared workers of the world unite. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Is this um? What's that thing they had in Poland with the guy? To, um, I don't know. Be more vague. No, in Poland, they had the workers, the workers strike. That was uh, solidarity. Solidarity. Okay. This is not that. Okay. This is the Communist Manifesto. The Communist Manifesto. In which Marx and Engels asserted that capitalism was marked by the exploitation of the working class or the proletariat. By the ruling class, the bourgeoisie. Where were they wrong? They pretty much were. Where were they wrong? That's exactly what's happening. But, and they theorize that capitalism will bring about its own destruction by polarizing and unifying the working classes, and predicts that revolution will lead to the emergence of communism, a classless society in which the free development of each is a condition of, for the free development of all. All I know is billionaires must be delicious. Okay. They don't move. They stand still. They don't work hard. Their fleshy parts are probably good and filled with fat. Well, anyway, Marx and Engels propose the following policies. The abolition of private property. I don't like it. The introduction of a progressive income tax. I like that. Confiscation of property. I don't like that except guns. Nationalization of credit communication. I don't like and that. And transport. I don't like it. Expansion of an integration oh, of industry and agriculture. Enforcement of the universal obligation of labor. And the provision of universal education and abolition of child labor. I don't like the child labor. That's got to go. But I didn't listen to the last four because I got stuck on one. What, what one did you get I stuck on? I think it on? was the the nationalization of... Credit, communication, and transport. Yeah. I kind of go for that. I okay. Gotta, I, I kind of think that's got to be centrally... So it can be figured out. Like if that's like I don't know. It's just the country's too damn big. The country's just too damn big. It's like you want to be able to know in an area. Say, well, yeah, but the only problem is, as idealistic as Marx and Engels were in practice, it never worked. Well, because because, because they were never there was never really any true communist government. Exactly. And they and all pursue their own selfish ends. That's exactly what it was, is is this is a way to convince the people to give over all their shit and then we'll just take it and like make like everything's great. Yeah. I mean we see we saw how bad things were in the Soviet Union. Oh people god. People lying just for bread and things like that. A cup of rice. Right? I I I, I forget what we're talking about. What are we talking the about? The Communist Manifesto. Communist Manifesto. Yeah, you know. Communism, I think, on paper, and if you could practice it the way it is, it's a way to describe utopia. Yeah, everybody's together, everybody's working. Everybody, capitalism makes no makes no um, attempt at utopia. No, <laughs> it makes no designs on utopia or a good society for the people in it. Yeah, I don't know. What else you got? What, what are the isms you got? You got a socialism thing? Let's talk about that. Or um... now we can move on to the, the, the next event in history. On February 21st, 1903, New York City police conducted the first nationally recorded raid on a gay bathhouse. Okay, 1903? 1903. Okay. It was at the Ariston Baths, located on 55th Street and Broadway. Wow, that's from the middle of Midtown. 
34 men were arrested. That's a good Sunday afternoon. Some were charged with liquor law violations and disorderly conduct, and at least 16 were charged with sodomy. 12 of those 16 were sent to trial, and they have transcripts of, of only five of the trials that are, that are still viewable today. Of those five trials, three returned verdicts of guilty, one verdict of guilty with a recommendation of mercy, and one was declared a mistrial. And two of the guilty verdicts were later appealed. But some of these guys were sentenced anywhere from four to 20 years in prison. So, collectively, what do we call this? If it's a play, what's the title of it? Because it's a play. It's a play? It's a play. The story of the event and the, of things that happened and who the guys were and that kind of stuff is a play. Well, what do we call it? I don't know. Do you have a title? No. <laughs> Are you going to write the play? No, but then, it's a play. And I guess the idea is now out there in the ether. Yeah. It's going to percolate in someone else's brain. I still keep holding my idea of a, of a musical. I have the best idea for a musical. You do. Absolutely the best idea for a musical. And I will not say it because it's so good that somebody's going to steal it. And I want to meet the, 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 the writers who can, who understand what I'm talking about. Okay. Before I spill the beans. But I have a great idea. Okay. All right. Also today in history, on February 21st, 1976. Oh, I was there. A jury in Detroit awarded more than $200,000 in damages to a man who contended he was turned into a homosexual when his vehicle was rear-ended by another motor vehicle. Oh, dear. They also awarded $25,000 to the man's ex-wife. Wait, he won? Yes, he won. He convinced, his attorney convinced the jury that, that he, this accident, he, I guess maybe did he claim that he hit his head or whatever? No, he got rammed in the rear. Like, that's what I, when I read that part, I was like, that's just, that's just too perfect for the story. And it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Talk about a play. No, that's, that's ridiculous. Well, I read, like, How does that get past any thinking person, let alone a judge and like, two attorneys? On, they are already And dead. a jury? Yeah. Damn good attorney. I tried to find more information on the case. I couldn't find any more. I was just, I was just so amazed by that story. That's insane. But then I, I went to look up about were there any other people who had brain injury in which they turned from straight to gay. And the only other story I could find was about this rugby player who had a stroke. And he, they said that his personality had changed in a lot of ways and that he suddenly became gay. That's, well, that's familiar. That kind of thing is familiar. A stroke can cause you to speak with an accent. Yes, they mentioned that, a case of a woman like that, an Irish woman now speaking with an Italian accent. Exactly. For, and that... Trying not putting it on. That's just no, not yeah, how no exposure talk. to Italy or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's fascinating to me because where what is what is her mind's reference for an Italian speaker? Yeah, that, that when it's injured, it shifts to that. To that. Where does that come from? Why is it there? Like there can't be that much information in her mind. About Italians, unless there is. I want another one. Uh, yeah, right. But it's just a weird fucking thing that um, the the brain does. Yeah, really weird. Was it like ninety eight percent water? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And they still don't know a lot about how it operates. No, they know more yeah. about space. Yeah, probably. So that's it for today in history. We now move on to our next segment. What day is it? Could you play it, Yes, it's time for what day is it? What day is it? February 21st? Yep. Bourbon Day. 
No. It is the day of the chocolate eclair. No, but you're getting closer, actually. You're in the right ballpark, at least. Huh. Do I lean on chocolate or do I lean on eclair? I'm going to go lean on chocolate and say it is chocolate egg cream day. No, nah, you lean the wrong way. Ah, uh, fuck it. Today is National Sticky Bun Day. I never would have come up with sticky buns. <laughs> They were originally known in Germany as Schnecken, which means snail because of the spiral shape that they're made in. Okay. The Schnecken beckons. <laughs> yeah, right? As the Schnecken beckons from the bird you have, to give me, you have to give me a say when the Schnecken beckons. beckons. <laughs> okay, I have to have that minute because, again, oh my God, it held up behind my eyes. You said it and I was like, he's not finished. He's not finished. <laughs> When the Schnecken beckons. But supposedly it originated in the Philadelphia area when in the 19th century when German immigrants came and settled in the area. And that's how they became snicks, sticky buns? Yes. Instead of Schnecken? For those who don't know, it's it, it basically it's rolled pieces of leavened dough that contain, uh, mostly contain brown sugar. Sometimes they contain cinnamon. And then the dough is, before it's placed in a pan, it's lined with sticky sweet ingredients like maple syrup or honey. Honey. Nuts and sugar and butter. And then you put it in the bake. And when the buns are finished baking, the baker flips the pan upside down so that the sticky bottom becomes the topping. Hence, sticky, sticky buns. buns. Yes. <laughs> it always reminded me of Night of the Baths, but sticky buns... <laughs> There are times I thought that would be my biography. <laughs> Sticky buns. Or a night at the baths. A night at the baths, yeah. Yeah, I like Schnecken better. I got to be honest. As a name, Schnecken. Schnecken. I like Schnecken. I like that. The Sticky buns is too Yeah, sexual. Sticky buns is just too plain. Yeah. Eh, okay. Yeah. I mean... Schnecken, I, like, ooh, what's Schnecken? I, 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 I like Sticky buns, but the Schnecken beckons. Yes, it does. Anyway, we normally would do Turn Your Head and Cough... But there's really no news stories to report of and uh, measles spreading in twelve states now. Hold on, I want to see if I have questions. Oh, uh, okay. Did you did you look into Alaska pox? No, I did not look into okay. Alaska okay, pox. Okay, that's fair. Sorry, about uh, it's that. only six people, so who cares? Um, <laughs> uh, okay, I have no questions. You have no questions. No, uh, there's nothing. No, I'm okay. Okay, then. In that case, then, we're going to move on to our next segment, wherein we take a look into my briefs. Here we go. That's the least sound that this requires. Because legally, holy shit. Yeah. What the gonna, fuck is going on? Yeah, we're going to cover a few items in this holy segment shit. tonight. I have questions. And first and foremost is Alabama. This is brutal. This is so... I am so... Mad at Alabama. Well, let me so mad. Let me explain what happened. Down oh, there. it seems that there was a uh, three couples that had frozen embryos in this fertility clinic, and a patient, I guess, in the facility got into the storage unit because the door was left unlocked, and she actually dropped some of the embryo jars or whatever they're kept in, okay. destroying them. Isn't it ice? I, I don't know. Oh, whatever. Anyway, the three couples then brought wrongful death lawsuits. Oh, for fuck's sake. And the case ended up going to the Alabama Supreme Court. Right. That's a bunch of, that's a brain trust right which there. Which ruled that an 1872 state law allowing parents to sue over the death of a minor child applies to all unborn children 
regardless of their location, thereby saying that a frozen embryo is a child. Yes, yes. Now, for those who may not understand, a frozen embryo, it's a fertilized egg. It's a cluster of cells. Right, that they have kept, and however they keep them. How old were these embryos? I, I don't know. have no idea. Three couples each had embryos at this place. Yes. Each had embryos destroyed in this accident. Yes. And so they collectively brought this lawsuit. Yes. And the Alabama Supreme Court says, no, those were kids. You owe them no, money. The, 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 yeah, they're saying to the clinic, yeah, those were children. Those were children, and you killed them, and you owe these people money. I get the fuck out of Alabama fast as I could, man. Well, yeah, because the more I was reading about Alabama I mean, and this, this is and this judge, the judge uh, in his ruling cited Genesis... Uh, the prophet Jeremiah, St. Augustine, uh, Thomas Aquinas, John Calvin, and other Christian thinkers to support his view that the state constitution adopts a theologically based view of the sanctity of life. Which is, that's what, that's what the, that's what the press, that's what the defendants, uh, uh, the, what do I want to say? I don't know. Who brings a lawsuit. Yes, the plaintiff. That's what the, that was what the plaintiff's attorney said? Or that's what the that's what was part of the decision. That's what the judge said. That's the decision. Yes. Holy fuck. There's no hope. Well, later that same day, this he appeared on some program of some QAnon conspiracy theorists, and he indicated that he is a proponent, this judge, of the Seven Mountains Mandate. Oh, God. Which is a theological approach that calls on Christians to impose fundamentalist values on the seven mountains of cultural influence in U.S. life. Namely, government, education, media, religion, family, business, and entertainment. So you want That's to, what this guy believes. To return, to, to, to run all of those things based By a on... a biblical view. His belief, including religion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Flat Earth, this thing has been fascinating me. Oh, the Flat Earth th- uh, theory. Theory, yes. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> evidently, the Earth is flat, covered by a dome. That keeps out the water that was put there by God. And everything we see in the night sky, the sun, the moon, the stars, is inside of that dome that covers the flat earth. Okay? The dome has a special name. I don't remember what it is, but if I remember it, I will is yell it, it out. Is it biosphere? No. <laughs> Spheres is science. We don't do spheres. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. We're talking about flat earth. We're staying away from spheres, you son of a bitch. I'm sorry. What was I thinking? Here's my point. Underneath the flat earth, there are like stalactite, stalagmite things. Yes, yes. Okay. Are those the seven pillars? No. Are you sure? When they call the seven mountains mandate, that's a metaphor for the seven areas that they want to impose their fundamentalist Christian values on. I'm wondering how fundamentalist Christian it goes. Is it even that they're flat earthers that... Anyway, the things that are that are underneath the earth, they look like pillars, like stone rock pillars, okay. and they have a name. Okay. They're known at, collectively as the... That's what I don't know. Okay. Okay. But uh, when you said the seven pillars, the seven, you said the seven mountains. mountains. 
I was wondering if there was a connection. I, I don't know if there is or not. But anyway, today, I was keeping track of the news on this story. The University of Alabama at Birmingham Health System announced that it is pausing all in vitro fertilization treatments for fear of lawsuits and criminal prosecution following this ruling by the state Supreme Court. Have you heard Nikki Haley on this? Oh, yeah. She says, well, they're babies. And how did she get pregnant? Artificial insemination, <laughs> which is different from, from in, vitro. in vitro fertilization. Right, because in vitro fertilization happens outside of the yeah, body. the egg is removed from the body, it is then fertilized, and then re-implanted. Re-implanted into the body. Artificial insemination is the turkey baster The turkey baster. So, wait a minute. Why would they... They take the they take the egg from the woman. They fertilize it, and then why would they put it back if they were going to freeze the embryo? So, I don't know. I don't know the whole. I don't know all the science. You and I are really at a at a disadvantage here. Yes, we know theater and law. Um, we, def- we definitely we definitely know obstetrics, obgyn. Yeah, no, we don't know. This is not our. Forte. This is not our thing. You're growing a crowdologist out there. You give us a call. And uh, let us know. But it's really weird because let's say someone wants to donate their frozen embryos to a woman. Would that now be considered human trafficking well, in Alabama? It opens up all sorts of those questions that you lawyers are going to make a fuck ton of money arguing about for the next generation. Yeah. But it's a, it's a scary fucking ruling. Yeah, it really is. For a Supreme Court. Yeah, a state Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Basically making their ruling based on... Absolute biblical principles and law. That's what you call a theocratic state, you know? That's a theocracy. Well, anyway, now we're going to move on from Alabama to Utah. Oh, oh God, what did they do? Utah recently passed a law called the Utah Constitutional Sovereignty Act, which states the legislature may... Oh, God. ...prohibit a government officer from enforcing or assisting in the enforcement of a federal directive within the state if the legislature determines the federal directive violates the principles of state sovereignty. Okay. We don't have to listen to you. In other words... That's what this is. We don't have to listen to you. We don't have to... We can ignore the federal government. You are not the boss of us. And we said it in our constitution, so there's nothing you could do about it. Uh, Na-na-na-na-na-na. Well, it's between now Utah passing this law, Texas thumbing their nose at the recent Supreme Court ruling that says, yes, the U.S. Border Control Patrol has controlled this area, and Texas is not allowing the National Border Patrol in the area. Mm-hmm. We're, and we're getting to that point, it's like, have you heard of the Supremacy Clause in the U.S. Constitution, which states that federal law shall take precedence precedence? Over state laws, but not if the state has this in their in their constitution. Well, we they, don't have to listen to you. They don't have it in their constitution, but it's a law. And these type of laws, the arguments they're basing them on, like Texas says, well, the federal government violated the compact with the states, and they're not enforcing the federal laws, and so we're going to take things into our own hands. These are the kind of arguments that were made to justify secession before the Civil War. I don't know if you know this about me. But I have an opinion about this. I know you do. The country's too big. What makes you think it's too big? Because there are too many decisions. My life, theoretically, my life could be affected by that Alabama Supreme Court decision. I don't want to live in a place 
where my life can be decided. My life can be, or the, the my life can be can be uh, legislated to the fact of child childbearing. Right. Well, right now you don't have to worry about that. That ruling only applies in Alabama. Honey, I don't ever have to worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Yes, unless you're planning on impregnating someone. I have no intention. In vitro fertilization. I don't even like the word in vitro. I don't know what it <laughs> means. I don't like it. It doesn't sound like it's savory, but it does sound like it's supposed to be, uh, what do I want to say, clean. Uh, sterile. Okay. Yeah. Which is attractive. I like sterile. I, you know, I like that. Glad you like Where are we now? Where, what's going on? Well, we're talking about Utah and this whole law that they just passed. Oh, this is the bitches about the, uh, uh what Basically is he saying that they're going to thumb their nose at federal law when yeah, they yeah. like it. Yeah. Oh, so this is like a general blanket thing. Nothing in particular, yeah. but in the instance where there is a sting. Yeah, we disagree with federal law. We don't have to do that. We're going to ignore it. Right. Yeah. Idaho? We're coming, we're coming towards a constitutional showdown it's, it's, pretty soon. It's, it's too big. The country's too big. There's too many people to agree on too many important things. It's too big. we got to do something. I don't think it has to be violent. I don't think it has to cause bloodshed. What do you think should be done? I think we should probably reinvite the Confederate States of America. <laughs> Back into existence, agree on borders. Well, that's the thing. You'd have a patchwork across the. The problem is, it's not a. It's it's not a very clean line. Yeah. I don't know though. It's just and and diametrically opposed. How is a frozen embryo the victim of a murder? I don't get it. I don't understand it. And there are too many people like me. Well, not a murder. It's what they're calling wrongful death. A wrongful death. What they death. mean is by negligence. Well, okay. Yeah, you shouldn't have dropped my baby and killed it. Yeah. Although you picked it up with a sponge. I, I, I don't know. You know, it doesn't matter. Just, just make me stop talking because I pretty much said communism is okay earlier in this. And now you got me <laughs> talking about this thing. And I'm going to rest it for oh, this fucking you? episode. Well, we're going to move on now to Washington, D.C. in the U.S. Supreme Court. There was this case involving this uh, woman named Jean Finney. She sued her employer, the Missouri Department of Corrections, claiming that she was being discriminated against because she is a masculine-presenting lesbian. Oh, my God. And was being retaliated against over a relationship she was involved in. Who was the relationship with? I'm assuming another woman. I don't know if... Uh, I, I, I understand that. I, what I'm getting at is... Was it a fellow officer? Was it an inmate? It Was it the like toothless that. No, woman down the like block? That. It's all, right. Like that. all right, all right, all right. But anyway, during jury selection for the case, uh, Finney's lawyer asked any of the potential jurors uh, if they went to a conservative Christian church where it's taught that homosexuality is a sin and that gay people don't deserve the same rights as everyone else. Now, hold on. I'm guessing this was a problem. Well, the, Asking that question, what's the problem? No, that's not the problem. Go ahead. Two of the would-be jurors said they did consider it a sin, although they still supported equal rights for all. But their lawyer moved to have them taken off the case. Yes. And the trial court judge agreed with that. That's fair. And then the case, they appealed this and went to the Missouri Court of Appeals. They affirmed the trial judge's decision. Because it was correct. Well, be specifically because the Department of Corrections attorney failed to preserve his objections to their removal as jurors on the record. See, this is what pisses people off about lawyers. Because they go for the procedural issue. That sort of that sort of dotted I and cross T that changes things yeah. is annoying. That's like the guy who always corrects your grammar. It's annoying. It's just stupid and annoying. And at $100 an hour, billable time... 
Anyway, the case went before, went to the Supreme Court, and the court majority, I think it was a five to four decision, ruled in favor of the trial judge's ruling concerning the exclusion of the two jurors. But Samuel Alito, oh, this fucking guy, he was in the majority, but apparently wrote a concurring decision in it. And what he wrote was this. He said that the court below reasoned that a person who still holds traditional religious views on questions of sexual morality is presumptively unfit to serve on a juror jury in a case involving a party who is a lesbian. That holding exemplifies the danger that I anticipated in the Obergefell case, namely that Americans who do not hide their adherence to traditional religious beliefs about homosexual conduct will be labeled as bigots and treated as such by the government. When a court, the quintessential state actor, finds that a person is ineligible to serve on a jury because of his or her religious beliefs, that decision implicates fundamental rights. No. I think it's a lot of bullshit. I disagree. I'm sick of religion being as an excuse to discriminate against people. So let me tell you what I heard. I heard that uh, regarding a liquor license. Okay. If you're within a certain distance in feet of the front of a church, okay. you are barred from having a liquor license. Okay. Okay. There can only be, that's the first one, which I find Unbelievably offensive. Well, it's a zoning law, probably. It's, uh, it's what I'm saying is this is the Bible. This is the religious having control over pretty much a city life. It's municipal right. life. It's not. I, the fuck if I want to open a bar next door, Tony's Tavern, come on, right next to St. Clarence over there on uh, Main Street. <laughs> the fuck do right? Do you have to tell me no? And then I heard that within X amount of space, you can only have so many liquor licenses. Okay. So if, like, downtown Lindenhurst. Right. If one of those theaters, or the pizzeria, the pizzeria is out, they cannot get a, a, a liquor license. They are directly across the street from Our Lady of Perpetual Help. So that, they, they, I think our theater, my theater may be a little too far away, but probably not. But between everything that's there, all the bars and restaurants that are in that area, can any of those theaters get a liquor license? And I'm thinking... it's But, but religion doesn't have so much to do with that. That's in the public interest to discourage alcoholism and drunkenness. That has really nothing to do with a religious objection. The fact that you can't open, you can't have a liquor license... In front of a church, that's a whole different story. That's accommodating the church. Ah, so 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 let's but so the let, other issue. Let's let the other issue go. How okay. many? How many? <laughs> okay, because then you could apply. Well, it's a good thing they don't apply that to marinara sauce because the fucking place is live. There are five pizzerias that I could throw a rock at and break their window. Okay, so let's uh, thank God it's not a law against marinara sauce. But okay, <laughs> within X number of feet of a church. I'm sorry. I'm so I find that is a, a religious intrusion into a municipal civil life. I find that highly offensive. Okay. Now, I know I've gone a little off, but I just want to reinstate that is in support of your position. Okay. So, let's move on. Well, yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, I'm tired of people using religion as an excuse to discriminate against people. Yeah. For a long time, the Mormon church didn't treat black people's as equal humans. They consider them inferior. It wasn't until the 70s. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they had a change of heart. Yeah. I wonder why. Because maybe the laws changed. Uh, and saying you, you can't discriminate against even black in people. Utah. Mm. You know? It's like, come on. I'm just, it's disgusting. It, it really is, is disgusting. And this, and this for Alito, uh, even if we lose Clarence Thomas, which we never will, Alito's just as bad. He really is. <coughs> <he's, coughs> 
Clarence Thomas is a singular thing. Alito is its standard hood-wearing, you know, uh, money-sucking sycophant. Fucking Clarence Thomas, man. But Alito has an arrogance that even outrivals Scalia. Scalia was an arrogant son of a bitch. I think Alito... Uh, is even worse. I okay. Then then and Scalia. Ito is worse than Scalia. Alito is worse than Scalia. Okay, that's rough. That right there is a rough. Yeah, that's a. Alito was not as as Clarence Thomas. Not as corrupt, but he's got some financial skeletons in his closet. They all too. do. They all do, which you we're know? finding out because everybody has a thing about Forney Will- Willis uh, paying a hundred dollars for dinner, which is really <laughs> important uh, to, to the to, to the realm of this case. That they, whether or not they shared a fucking flight to fucking South Africa, who paid for it, how much did you pay, when did you pay it back, how how come you have cash in the house? You have that much cash in the house? Why do you have that much cash in your house? My best, the best answer I ever heard, it's a black thing. Black people always keep cash in the house. Anyway, that's what daddy told me, always keep cash in your house. And you ask him when he sits down here and he'll tell you. He taught me to always have cash in the house. Well, I always have cash in the house. Oh, no, not in the house, where I lay my head. There's cash wherever I lay my head. For those of you who don't know what Tommy is talking about... I'm ranting and I don't care. The Georgia DA Fiona Willis, or Fannie Willis, who's uh, in charge of the uh, criminal case against Donald Trump... With the 18 other co-conspirators. ...has been investigated for her relationship with the prosecuting attorney on the case. That she appointed and fucked. Yes. So they're trying to find out when... And 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 did they benefit? Did did that relationship benefit them financially? Yes. I, I don't know. Um, they both got salaries. He was qualified for the job, wasn't he? To be prosecuted. I would assume so. Yeah. Well, whatever. That's some D, though, man. That's yeah. some D. She get she getting it. She getting it good. Anyway, what were we talking about? Well, we were talking about Alito and the Supreme Court and and, the, and his feelings about this is what I warned you about with Obergefell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's shameful. Like, fuck you. This guy's shameful. He is shameful. He's an arrogant son of a bitch. They were all arrogant to some degree, but he's just awful. Who appointed him? Samuel Alito. Bush, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Bush. That was Bush. H.W. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was H.W. or W. W. I don't know. He's just... He's... And to me, he's getting worse. And isn't he a well, little... He's the one who wrote the Dobbs decision. Isn't he a little gnomey looking thing? Like... No. Like... He's tall. Is he? Yeah. All right. Who's oh, the, yeah. the little bald weirdo? I don't Isn't know. there a little bald weirdo? There's <laughs> no bald weirdo. It's not Elena Kagan? No, it's definitely not Elena Kagan. <laughs> I love Elena Kagan. <laughs> I do. She seems like the most human, like the most down to earth. Yeah, so far, yeah. Elena. Elena. I like her. I like older women. Uh-oh, that means time for the Week in Fascism! Where do you begin? Well, I'm going to begin in Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain, <laughs> where the waving wheat can sure smell sweet, and the wind comes right behind the rain. Oh, 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 oh! Oklahoma every night, my honey lemon. I, every night we sit alone and talk and watch a hook making lazy circles in the sky. I know we belong to the land, and the land we belong to is grand. And when we say, yeah, I yip, I yip, I yip, I yip. 
We're only saying you're doing fine, <laughs> Oklahoma. Except for this thing. What are you talking about? What did they do, well, Oklahoma? I'm about to tell you what happened. Fascists over there. They have a song about them, and they're acting like this, acting like fools. Anyway, a uh, there was a 16-year-old non-binary student in an Oklahoma school oh, named God. Next Benef- <laughs> Benedict. Next Benedict? Next N-E-X. N-E-X Benedict. Benedict. Was the town or the person? That's the person. That's the trans person. The trans uh, person. They call themselves non-binary. Non-binary. Use they, them pronouns. Okay. Well, seeing that next Benedict and another trans student got into a fight in the girls' bathroom with three older girls. And I guess they called the parents to come to the school or whatever, and the grandmother said that she saw that her grandchild was, because the grandmother was the guardian, and she saw that her grandchild's face was covered in bruises, but the school only recommended to the parents of one of the other students that they should seek medical attention. So she brings the grandchild home, grandchild says they got into this fight, they banged her head against the floor, next day she's not feeling well. Well, no, That later that day, they go to a hospital, get evaluated, send her home. Next day, she's not feeling well. She goes back to the hospital and dies. Just tonight, I just found a news story that police are saying that although the cause of death has not been determined, the preliminary autopsy results indicate that the teen did not die as a result of injuries sustained in the fight. Okay. I find that hard to believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think everybody would. How could they not have died from those injuries from that fight? Honey, people lie. And they lie about things they don't have to lie about. And they lie about things that can be proven. This child had her ba- her head banged against the wall, against the floor. Yep. She was probably kicked a couple of times, punched endless amounts of time. What killed her? According to the authorities, what killed her? If it wasn't the beating... They didn't say. They just said that it wasn't the beating. Okay, so she they're just... Still, they're still doing other tests, the toxicology and other tests. So it's a complete coincidence that she suffered this beating and within 24 hours was dead. Yeah. Okay. Complete coincidence, complete. right? Oklahoma. Well, considering Oklahoma's state of education, the superintendent of education in Oklahoma, his name is Ryan Walters. Okay. He has been a vocal opponent of what he describes as radical gender theory. Oh, God. And he recently appointed to the Oklahoma Department of Education's Library Media Advisory Committee, a woman named Chaya or Kaya Raychik, who is a figure behind the TikTok account Libs of TikTok, which goes after transgender rights a lot. And she's now been appointed to an advisory committee, even though she has no background in education and does not live in Oklahoma. Libs of TikTok? Oh, yeah. Anti-trans? They're anti-trans. They go in... They actually just did a study, NBC News and USA Today. They did separate investigations. And they said that any time that Raychick highlighted a school for its transgender policies on her Libs of TikTok account, there would be an increase in bomb threats to that school. Okay. I believe that. I'm not denying you. I'm questioning the name Libs of TikTok. Yeah. I don't know why. Does it not mean liberal? I don't know why she called it that. I have no idea. You understand my confusion? Yes, I do. Oklahoma. Don't even start. Don't even fucking start. You know we belong to the land, and the land we belong to is Yahoo! And when we say, yay, are you by okay? We're only saying you'd... K-L-A-H-O-M-A Oklahoma. 
Yeah. Anyway, we now move to Russia. Oh. Because this country has been in so much news lately and really deserves to be in this category tonight. First, a U.S., I think, congressman or senator kind of leaked out that there was a new national security threat. I think he got in trouble now for saying that. I didn't hear about this. But then the government finally revealed, uh, yes, that Russia now has the capability to produce an anti-satellite weapon. Oh, yeah, there's a nuke That would wipe out all the satellites out in space, including its own. So they're viewing it as like a last resort weapon. It's not a bad idea. I mean, because if you get rid of all the shit that's up there, because it's like a fucking dump up there. There's a lot of fucking space junk circling. A lot. Well, I don't know what kind of weapon it is, whether it's nuclear powered or anything. I heard about Russian. But they already have trees against putting nuclear weapons in space. Treaties, you said? Yes. Okay. I heard trees. No, treaties. That's why I asked, because I wanted to make sure. Then, I don't know if you remember from uh, last year, there was this Russian pilot who defected over to Ukraine in his helicopter. Okay. and uh, That's not right, taking the helicopter with you. Like, that's Russia's helicopter. Yes. All right, go ahead. But I guess that was the only way he could defect. And I'm 50-50 here. Go ahead. Well, anyway, uh, on February 13th, he was found shot to death inside the parking garage of an apartment building in uh, southern Spain. Wait, give me a second. I have to do some math. The Russian helicopter pilot yes. took his helicopter to Ukraine yes. and defected from Russia mm-hmm. and then subsequently got killed at a parking garage in Spain. Correct. That's where he was living. He... Okay, so he left Russia to go to Ukraine and then eventually wound up in Spain. Yes. Where I imagine he thought he'd probably be safe. Yes. And what part of Spain? I don't know. I hear Barcelona is amazing. It's Um, a seaside resort in the Mediterranean Sea. That could be Barcelona, except I don't know what sea Barcelona's on. I don't know. It's toward the south, the bottom right-hand corner. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, they got to him. Did they poison him? No, they shot him. They shot him in the head. Okay. They shot him in the head. Yeah. Okay. We think it was Russia. Who else would it be? All right. Well, let's be honest. Russia's, do they shoot a lot of people in the head or do they push them out of windows and poison their pie? Probably a little bit of both. To blow somebody's head off in public like that is pretty, pretty fucking I think that was a message. Yeah, but God. That was to send a message. Yeah, in but effect, This is what kind of th- going to happen to you. Any death is going to send a message. He's considered a traitor. That kind of like, that's, that's doing it in public like that. With the gun. Sends a loud message. Guns allowed. And then lastly, have you ever heard of My Little Pony? I have. I have. I have. Yes. There is a heartbreaking thing to me about My Little Pony. But What's your heartbreaking thing about the My kid Little who Pony? Was beat, the kid who was beat into like a coma <laughs> and then is still recovering and has brain damage. Okay. Because he was, a, his name was Michael something. And because he was a My Little Pony fan, like 11 or 12 years old and still a My Little Pony fan. So the 11 and 12 year old boys beat the shit out of him and left him in like... This brain, almost brain, well, brain dead state, or brain damaged state. He still lives. I don't, I, I think he's still, I, I think he, like, has life. Okay. He goes, I, I, it seems to me like I've seen pictures of him at places. Okay. Vacation shots, Disney, whatever it is. It seems, um, and clearly disabled. But anyway, that's when you say My Little Ponies, my mind goes to that kid. Okay. Well, for those of you who don't know, My Little Pony, I guess it's an animated character and there's a whole world with it now. 
all these different like horses or unicorns or whatever. I don't know. I don't. They're very sweet, young, childlike characters. Yes, but there's also an adult following for this. Believe it or not, who's the adult? They call them bronies. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. And they are like avid fans of My Little Pony. And they dress and like... And the message they, that it promotes. And they go out dressed like My Little Pony, and they go to conventions, and they have... They have... They're there at all the Comic-Cons. Yes. And, yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, in Moscow, there was a My Little Pony convention. And uh, it was Why supposed would you to include sales of, you know, merchandise, have live music performances, but... My Little Pony burgers... They ended up closing down the uh, event after the police arrived because they wanted, to, they, but they couldn't arrest anyone because they couldn't find any evidence of illegal activity. Can I just say? Yes, My Little Pony Burgers. Yes, did not deserve to be ignored. I didn't know there were My Little Pony Burgers. I said it as a joke, and you ignored it. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Bad joke. Um. Yeah. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so there was nothing wrong with what they were doing. It was just weird. Well, it seems that the Russian movie database called Kinopoisk had changed its rating for the animated series to an adult-only rating in December of 2023 after a Russian court declared the global Libidiqua movement to be an extremist organization. But My Little Pony has nothing to do with Libidiqua. Ah, but there is a character in My Little Pony called Rainbow Dash, uh, okay. who has a multicolored mane and tail, similar uh, okay. to the Pride flag. Uh, okay. So there's suspicion of libidiquity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they don't want it. They don't like it. They don't want it. But it's like you feel threatened by My Little Pony fans. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why this kid got the shit beat out of him was because My Little Pony fans is known to be like a younger kids thing. I know. But this wasn't younger kids. These are adults. These are adults. I can't. That's Russia for you. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. Yeah. And these, this is the country that Republicans are that, supporting, basically. That character has a rainbow. Yeah. So that's not good. Yeah. We can't have that. We can't have rainbows. You know what? I think it's time to go keep the rainbow. Okay. It's nice. It's fun. It represents a side of the gay people that is um, light and fun. Yes. Happy people. Loving people. People who want to have a good time. Uh, vodka cranberry will be fine. I remember when Jesse Jackson used the rainbow for the Rainbow yeah, Coalition. Yeah, the Rainbow Coalition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And again, the rainbow was supposed to be God's covenant with humanity that he won't flood it again. See, you remember how I told you before that that dome that covers the flat earth? Yes. Is, is between water. Okay. That water was let loose, and that's what flooded the earth. That was the Noah thing. Okay. Okay. When I can't remember what the fuck the arch is called, not the arch, the, the lid, the the mm. the biodome. The, yeah, the biodome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so I think we, I think we need to maybe for a second let the rainbow rest and invite the pink triangle to come in and kick some ass. Because <laughs> the pink triangle is not a. F- Fun, happy. No, it's not. It is angry. Yep. It is mad. It is uh, ready to fucking fight you. Yeah. And that's what we need. 
unfortunately, our community has gotten too sedate and sitting on its ass and figuring, oh, I'll just support a lobbying group like Human Rights Campaign or I'll go vote. I Which will- is what happens when you get the right to marry and you're not, you know, you're pretty comfortable in your, in your you know, dual income, no kids life. Which, yeah, I gotta be honest with you, I'm jealous. Uh, that's where I was headed, but you know, here I am. So, uh, yeah, but I think that it's um what I said because I don't remember about the pink triangle. The pink triangle, yeah, 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 yeah. We need that anger. We need that. We need first of all, we need them maybe to know what the pink triangle is, and then to be pissed off about it, and to use the pink triangle as uh fuck you. Yeah. The pink triangle has to be the um, the pink inverted triangle. It has to be inverted. We need to act up. Oh, my God. That's what I tell people. They used the pink triangle. Yes, they did. Silence equals death. Yeah, they did. Yes, And it must be inverted. Yeah. Okay. And look it up because I don't want to hear him explain what it was. So just look it up if you're interested. Yes. Go ahead. Move on. Okay. We'll move on to our next segment then. Sorry, folks. We're not going on to the next segment. This is the end of part one of this episode. Part two will be released next Wednesday on February 28th. So until then, see you next week. Bye.